This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Okay, I quit. Rob, you're the new host of Do Try This I did it. <laughs> like, you served I, him. I orchestrated a coup. Yeah. Just like oh, wow. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Except he doesn't. Yeah, oh my god. We'll get to it. Some films are mediocre, so bad they make you moan. We're here to save the signal, we do try this at home. Welcome to Do Try This at Home, the podcast where we do try at home to make bad movies better. I got nailed it every time. It gets worse every time. Each time is more Welcome- unintelligible than the last. Welcome back to, to Netflix original season. I'm joined as always by the uh, incredibly talented Harrison Gale. Hello. Uh, how you doing, Harrison? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, as you can hear, I'm working on my impression of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. And- Hello. That's where I am right now. You get closer every every day. Yeah, so. it, I just got to keep climbing that mountain, <laughs> and I'll get yeah. there eventually. <laughs> and we're we're fortunate enough to be joined by a guest this week uh, to discuss uh, our chosen film. We are joined by the unmatchable Rob Merriam. Hello, and known. I can't be matched. <laughs> he can't be matched. <laughs> unmatchable. Don't even in, try in, it. <laughs> unmatchable in what way? I I won't say. Could I won't be, be outbid. It could be That's... unmatchable in violent crimes, but... <laughs> or lying. <laughs> or lying. <laughs> uh, how you, how you been? This is your second time on the pod. How you been since yeah, you Yeah, welcome time? back. Hey, it's lovely to be back. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's Not much has happened. I've been locked <laughs> yeah, considering. in either in my residence in Edinburgh where I go to university or in my family home in the south of England. Um so not too shabby though if you uh, ask me i've just been holding out just been waiting for my invitation back yeah (laughs) every day waiting waiting for that loud to come through the door by the phone (laughs) waiting for my agent to ring yeah chasing after the postman to see if we've sent the invitation (laughs) in the mail no there there must be a mistake (laughs) riding into town to go to the western union outpost sending a telegram outpost (laughs) outpost (laughs) yeah I'm going for like a late western. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. These tumbleweeds that you have to push out of the way. It's just this one modern western union amongst just the wasteland that is uh like <laughs> that is the south of England. Yeah. Um <laughs> this week we oh, yeah. Harrison's like we got to this week we're going to be under an hour we're going to keep it tight we're just going to run a tight ship and then you're know, already we're falling Absolutely apart. not. Um this week, we as we continue our our journey into Netflix originals, we're going to be looking at an action movie that came out on Netflix last year. Um, but before we do, Rob, what are what are your feelings uh, about with this season? We're trying to sort of conceptualize and understand the Netflix original, what that means. Mm. You know, as a kind of, I guess, it feels a little bit like the modern straight to DVD or TV movie. Um, how do how do you think of Netflix originals? It's interesting. I think they've made a very concerted effort to not be get pigeonholed or get known for doing any one thing. Yeah, I think. I mean, this is so. I remember when this came out on Netflix, it seemed quite at odds because I feel like this was maybe 
one of the first ones that was sort of wasn't going for a prestige market at all. Maybe Bright. Bright was supposed to be really mm. big. And that was Netflix's sort of big, this is going to be a franchise. Um, it was going to be Max Landis' Star Wars. <laughs> Who could forget? Max Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> Who can oh. forget? Everyone, it turns out. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has forgotten Bright. You said um, Bright and I I would just, it took me at least two minutes to register what you meant by that. <laughs> you were I, like, I yeah. guess the screen on Netflix can be bright <laughs> if you if you turn the brightness up. I don't know what he means. I feel like it went by the way of uh, the uh, James Cameron Avatar series, except without any like material success. That Like yeah. no one yes. remembers it at all. Yeah. And But no, this time no way cultural. fewer people saw it. Yeah. <laughs> so Avatar, but worse. The funny thing with Bright, which is a thing that happened with this as well, glancing at reviews in places, is that you get lots of people being like, the critics don't understand. The mm. people love this movie. But the people love this movie for like three seconds. And then the people who profess to love it, like it just completely drops out of, of the consciousness. In answer to your question, yeah. uh, <laughs> I think pinning down what the, anyway. what the Netflix original is... I guess, I mean, I, I, I suppose the detachment from like the franchise and from existing intellectual property is maybe the thing that stands out most to me mm. is that they, they buy TV shows sometimes. They bought Cobra Kai just now and they did mm. that Sabrina thing. But one thing that you can say for all of these Netflix films, whether they're big budget or low budget, is that they do tend to hand people a budget to make a film that isn't IP dependent, which I think is, is interesting. Yeah. And a, and a lot of people uh, have talked about the amount of freedom that Netflix has given them um, with their budget and just say, go away and make whatever you want to make. And we'll just, we're just going to chuck it on our platform anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's good. That's a very different answer to what we came up with last week. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this week we are discussing uh, the the Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> how would you even describe this <laughs> disaster I, piece? I think. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard some people describe it as the most Michael Bay, Michael Bay thing <laughs> they've seen, and I think there is a little bit of that. Um, but yeah. We, yeah, we're discussing Six Underground. The, I'm so sorry. The, Want to apologize <laughs> to our. Our audience. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> if you if you watched this in ta- in anticipation of this episode, you wanted to like, you know, see what we were talking about. I I can only apologize that you suffered through any of this. Yeah. Um, I'll give the letterbox summary. Um, they say no one can save the. W- <laughs> oh my goodness! I already. <laughs> I can't. can't All read. right. Run it back. That's a weird okay, okay. tagline. <laughs> <laughs> They say no one can save the world. Meet no one. After faking his death, a tech billionaire recruits a team of international operatives for a bold and bloody mission to take down a brutal dictator. Uh, yep. Mm, you can just you can just feel the military industrial complex emanating from that <laughs> summary. it's good it's good the way they in fact the way they shoot the military in this not as in like you know film them (laughs) (laughs) it is like with such like such a strange reverence for the like maybe 10 minutes that the actual military is in it and it's i mean that's very michael bay and you know often with these things as with like the the marvel movies and the transformers movies and stuff the american military like puts in 
either money or like resources and says, you can use all of these for free if you just make us look really good. Um, right. And there's definitely a sense of that in this film. But I, the military is is put slightly to the side in comparison to something like Transformers, I would say, um, which is nice. Actually, well, I mean, the thing is that their problem with the military in this movie is not that like, it's not a criticism of, you know, uh, uh, the U.S. foreign policy of sticking our nose where it doesn't belong. Their problem with the military is that they don't go far enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. the military yeah. isn't overthrowing enough governments. Yeah. So the we US have to do just it. too PR conscious to yeah. do what yeah. needs to be done. Hold on. Yeah. It's just like, which yeah. Is a cr- which is a, <laughs> such a take. Like, like yeah. whoa. It's, it, it's, it is remarkable. I mean, I'm not really across the Bay Oeuvre. I've seen, I think, the first three Transformers. Bay Oeuvre. Bay But it was interesting to me here to, it seems like he's got a lot more libertarian in his outlook. It's, yeah. It was very interesting to me having this soldier character, his express reason for faking his own death and abandoning everyone that he it loves and is close to is because the military is uh is not hardcore enough for him I just, yeah I yeah can't gary remember. johnson only wishes he could fake his death and <laughs> become uh, an international I, secret super soldier but he's too busy on his weed farm to be doing that. <laughs> he's, he's happy where he is I would struggle to count the number of times that Ryan Reynolds says, I would let you take the shot in this film. Um, and then later on, when he is preventing him from doing it, saying him, then being responsible, you said I could take the shot. You said I could take the shot. I, this is the moment I'm going to take the shot. You said I could take the shot. Okay, we get it. All right. You want to be able to shoot anyone you like. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's, that's called really cinematic rhyming, gun, Caleb. Like, Pick up a book. This is what Chekhov meant. <laughs> Chekhov's taking the shot. <laughs> I don't even know how to approach this because Oof. it is just like absolute. I mean, it's just the, one of the most chaotic films I've seen and not in a, not in a like Baz Luhrmann, like, oh, that's interesting way, but in a just a, huh? <laughs> what? Ah, What's yeah. that? <laughs> it's so horrifyingly disgusting to me. And Caleb, you and I were, were briefly <laughs> chatting about this before before the, yeah. the podcast recording. And I, I messaged you and I was like, I feel like there's so much body horror in this. And yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. I thought I was the only one. Because it really yeah. is like ridiculous. And and don't get me wrong, like I'm I think for the most part consider myself a Tarantino fan. So I've seen some pretty, you know, violent things in film but for this movie it's just there's something about it that feels like i don't know it feels like exploitative almost and just really hideous and disgusting the bay attitude towards um like objects in the transformers movies (laughs) is that like buildings and cars exist to be crushed and exploded (laughs) and flipped like the world exists to be destroyed like that attitude extends to the human body in this. Yeah, it's, it's so like awful. People exist to be like squashed and torn yeah. apart yeah. and exploded and just just maimed. Like yeah. every single one of the good guys is just very happy to just like, not only to like kill, but to like brutalize. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Just, it's the disaster it, porn yeah. phenomenon. It's like, we were talking yeah. about this last season in Man of Steel, which doesn't have as much like, 
like really graphic violence done specifically to bodies in it. It's more of like yeah. destruction on more of like a mass scale, which in its own way hmm. is kind of horrible because it's so yes. dehumanizing. But like, you exactly. know, in that movie, yeah. there's it, like what is the equivalent of New York City being half decimated. And everyone at the end is like, we saved the day, like, nothing to be <laughs> sad about now. And I'm like, that would have yeah. been, like, double, like, not even double, like, I don't know how many times more exponentially deadly than, say, 9-11. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, I call this a success today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. The, it's the interesting thing, and it is a line that runs through a lot of, like, modern, like, populist action cinema, is that it's, like, what... And especially these guys, I noticed that these guys are the guys that wrote Deadpool. And it's something that I dislike about those films as well, is that there's, you have the bad guy and the good guy, and they're both equally like cruel and willing to like visit harm on other people. But like, there's a hilarious bit in this film where towards the end, the vicious dictator character says, drive through that crowd of people, they're not my people anymore. And then we, we're treated to people being just run over, just like civilians being run over. And the one of the members of the, the six underground team says, mm. you evil fuck to himself. <laughs> I, I guess forgetting that earlier in the film... The guy, that guy is driving a car, just like running over civilians. And they're like, stop running over civilians. And he's like, oh, oops. Uh, Oops. The 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 difference (laughs) between this and Deadpool, though, is that, and and I agree that it's not something that I like about Deadpool, but with Deadpool, he is a a garbage person who has just like selfish, self-motivated stakes in, a, in in being horrible to these people he's like mm-hmm. i will i want my old life back so i'm just going to be as horrible as i like to you people at least in deadpool one um mm-hmm. deadpool two is i don't know worse i guess um but like <laughs> this like they they're meant to have these like grand like high reasons ideals. yeah high ideals reasons for doing this they're meant to have some values some scruples and and they just do not so it, it works even less than it does in deadpool and i think as well like in that body horror, um, like, you know, on that, uh, thought like Michael Bay, tr- like visually treats in Deadpool, the like rubberiness of mm. the CGI is kind of used as a sort of artistic choice, although that's all they could afford. Um, and that's, and we get these, like, you know, the, all the bodies in Deadpool are kind of a bit bouncy and, and, and like, so all the gore is a little bit like cartoonish and goofy, mm-hmm. but that visual cue is picked up in this film as well. So you have, like you say, you have all of this, like, limbs flying off and everything but all of those bodies that are just being like (laughs) decimated in different ways are done so in in this sort of like weird cartoonish way so that like i don't even know it's i don't know if that's meant to like separate us from like the horror that we're seeing or whether it's just like i don't i don't even know it's just such a strange choice as well and this whole film kind of does feel almost cartoonish throughout in some ways it's very like I don't know. Maybe I don't agree well, it, with that. It feels a lot like Starship Troopers, but like like Verhoeven famously said, I don't know if you guys have seen Starship Troopers, but he like the project with that film is to make a film, Verhoeven said that he wanted to make a film that the society depicted in the film would make about themselves. Yeah. Um, and this feels similar. This feels like the kind of film that is generated by this kind of ANCAP like 
ultra individualist. Mm. Like everybody hates everybody else. Like no amount of death is um, inexcusable in the pursuit of what you've decided needs to happen. It's just yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a nightmare. And and it, yeah, and it ties it so absolutely to to that individual because the whole point is it's like this one guy decides that nothing in the world will change unless he is the one guy to make it change mm-hmm. and, and 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 picks out very specific individuals to like bring about this like big like this well basically just destabilize a, a whole economy yeah. um and you know obviously i mean it's just this thing of like there's just not even a scrap of like nuance in this it's just like okay dictator bad so dictator get removed and it's like no 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 that's not how because every time we do that it goes badly as we can yeah. see in every single example of america getting involved in other people's business <laughs> and it's just yeah it's such a strange uh thing to like connect an audience to like and to root and to connect an audience to root for like this change to happen when actually if that was happening you know if if a a u.s backed dictator was being removed from a place uh the u.s like media would either be very quiet on the whole thing or would you know i don't know there's just there's never this like clear-cut line that this film provides it's just very strange i don't know I mean, because that, that would be... a very be... bad point. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, I see what you mean. And I, I think, I think if, you know, if I were rewriting this, I would have to start with changing the core philosophy of the film. I mean, yeah. I think as something that, it, you know, is, you, you know, kind of, um, or that deals so closely with um, foreign policy, at least in an American context. And that's another thing. It's a very, you know, Americocentric film um like my favorite uh facebook tag group uh it turns out there are countries that are non-america um (laughs) and it seems like this film doesn't really realize that unless it's to say that a country different from the u.s is an enemy but i think like i I would just you know i think it, it could have been an opportunity to have a conversation about um you know, what is the role of not just America, but I think countries that like to consider themselves as beacons of democracy and liberty and all these ideals? Like, what what, what really is our place in, in the world stage and how do we navigate trying to espouse those ideals in a way that also doesn't rob agency from other countries? Um, yeah. you know, where where are the limits of our involvement and what kind of involvement is okay? And even, you know, criticizing, taking the opportunity opportunity to criticize American foreign policy, which for decades um, has basically been to destabilize regions that have leaders that politically we don't like and yeah. undemocratically replace them with other regimes that are, you know, in terms of how they treat their people, often just as bad as or worse than whoever came before. Um, yeah. And I think that would be kind of interesting to see this film that maybe starts out as this, or what might seem like a promotion of that, like, military-industrial complex um, that then gets turned on its head when they realize, oh, wait, actually, like, you know, these foreign policy actions that the U.S. is taking 
are bad. And rather than trying to go even further than what the U.S. is trying to do, trying to do something that, like, restores agency to to people rather than yeah. just being this, like, uncontrollable, chaotic, violent force that has no consideration for, um, you know, uh, for diplomacy or, you know, foreign policy or, um, you know, attempting to maintain stability or peace in any region that they're just doing whatever they want absolutely and i think it it comes down to that thing as well right of like you have you know the the assumption would be that if you're a nation that thinks you can export your version of democracy to everywhere then you should have a perfect democracy and i would struggle to um point to (laughs) many countries that feel like they have a perfect democracy at the moment um and uh and yeah and I, yeah, I think it is absolutely like, how can we get at this, this really interesting conversation that, that could be in here? Because, because the dictator of, um, you know, made up a country that could have a dictator, Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan, which one of the actors calls Turgistan at one point. I love that in a film. Uh, Make up a word. To be clear, it is, it is a, like, Kyrgyzstan is a province in present-day Pakistan, but it's not an actual. It's not its own. Well, country. isn't it called Turkestan? I thought. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no, different people call it different things. There's there's a G in there. <laughs> is there? Okay. Um, not not to embarrass you guys on the pod, but I am well, looking at the Wikipedia page. So I'm not. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Uh, but it, anyway, it, they but they like do the, portray it as it's in as this independent country, which it isn't in real right. life. Right, and 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 the dictator of it was originally put in place by the American government, and that is mentioned right. in the film, but never like <laughs> criticized. Or, no, they never hash like, it out. It's like, never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I they they kind of do because I mean, what's interesting about the film is that it's so it's not nationalist. It's like. It, it, it like it's invested it, it has that affection for the u.s military and yeah. definitely is completely uncritical of america but it is primarily like individualist yes it, pri- it it's a it's a privatization of overthrowing yeah. Yeah. and installing a, american uh sort introducing of... healthy competition into the <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly the uh, the that would be really funny if you wrote if you wrote a sequel of this where it's two billionaires competing to overthrow a different <laughs> country. Yeah, this is like, I mean, and that's so true. I feel like this film is like the the nightmarish but logical conclusion of, you know, the continuation of giving these billionaires in our society yeah. so much power and influence. Like, I think we were talking earlier about how this kind of feels like the movie that Elon Musk would make about himself. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like when he's like literally tweeted, like, yeah, like you know, because we're rich, we can do whatever we want and take whatever we want for people. I'm paraphrasing, but he did. Yeah. If you if you Google it, you will <laughs> no, 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 find that's, something. That's to that exactly effect. what he said. I want to be clear. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's a direct quote. Um, well, yeah, which is bizarre. I mean, like, and it's this like, I mean, but I think that is a very like conservative idea. This like overvalorization and um deification of people with a lot of money that somehow like you know ryan reynolds is uh you know morally and intellectually superior to everyone 
and yes. he's like this ubermensch just because he's like good with <laughs> magnets like yeah. <laughs> why does that give him nerd. this power to yeah why does this give him this power to yeah. you know mess around with diplomacy however he yeah. feels like you know I mean, in the final season of um, BoJack Horseman, there's a whole like subplot where billionaires, it, it, um, the Senate legalizes murder for billionaires. Like oh, no. billionaires can just murder people <laughs> if they want to, and that's made legal. And there is a little bit of like, yeah, there is some of that in this that it is just like you can do what you want, and 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 he tells us all the time in this film. He's like the one right. thing that was stopping me from doing whatever I want was the fact that I was and you know I had an identity, so I just killed myself off and now I, you know, I do everything. I'm completely unaccountable and I can change the world in my own image for no reason whatsoever if I want to. Uh, man, we just haven't so even really got into solving <laughs> What's this? the plan, lads? How do we um, tackle okay. this? Okay, well, here we go. I mean, th- I mean, the question is, yes, obviously I think a film that doesn't paint foreign intervention uh, in regimes that we find unsavory as just an awesome cool thing would be yeah. good but i yeah. think there's a point where we're just writing like a completely different genre and like yeah. kind of, of film <laughs> yes yeah. i think a good place to start would be with the team and with nice. ryan reynolds's character nice. because i am fucking sick of ryan reynolds okay? <laughs> um, take <good>. incoming <laughs> uh, i'm just scalding okay yes, there's a version yeah. of this script where and I think that it's probably the version of the script that existed before they cast Reynolds in the role. Yeah. But mm. the, the other members of the team talk about one as like, who is he? Yes. Where's he from? Mm. He's constantly threatening them with um, if they break the rules and sort of keeping them in line. And he's like recruited them and made them like cut off all connections to other people so that he has complete control of their life. There's an interesting a more interesting version of this character who where the the selfishness and the ego and the belief in like his own will to power is like more central like yeah. the fact that he's a billionaire isn't just like yeah. an incidental explanation for why he can do this stuff but having reynolds play the character he has to just be mr quips right so yeah. <laughs> mr quips he, there's nothing like like uh, unknown or sort of enigmatic about him yeah because yeah uh, he's just like every other member of the team maybe he doesn't even show his face until a climactic moment in the film yeah or not start with his like internal monologue yeah have us meet and not have his internal monologue every 10 minutes oh man i wish his internal monologue would shut tf up (laughs) yeah it's literally like every time it's just like they told me i couldn't go and overthrow dictatorships <laughs> in the other parts of the world well you know what i'm a ghost now i can do what i want and then 10 minutes later, i'll show them and, uh, yeah and so as a group we decided we'd all be ghosts which i told I'm you 10 minutes ago <laughs> and then here in the california desert this is where us the ghosts yeah that's right we all pretended to die so that we could do what we Here's want that same shot in case of you the, didn't yeah. get that the ghost. <laughs> But I, I think it speaks to a broader issue with action, uh, which, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese was right. The Marvel movies have ruined everything um, because we can't <laughs> have a leading right. man who is not a sort of Robert Downey Jr. clone, mm, who is like right. both 
uh, actiony and like can do all the like stunts and stuff, but is also charming and funny and quippy and can speak really fast when you need him to. Like I recently watched um, Ronan and it's not a perfect film by any stretch of the mark, but what's great about it is our main character uh, played by Robert De Niro is a stoic like sort of you you project so much onto him in the first 45 minutes of that film because he he refuses to let you know anything about him and it makes for as we get to know him in this in the sort of back half of the film it makes for a much more interesting exploration of who this main character is who is forced into a situation in which they're constantly having to kill and to like uh, make these sort of moral decisions about which which person is best to kill or you know or what they you know what they might do in these like sort of completely extreme moral situations and yeah this film is crying out for a lead like that and i tried Mm -hmm. to think of oh who are the sort of action leads about and all of them are just another ryan reynolds another robert downey jr it's like you know uh who who does action at the moment chris pratt also just a funny guy john krasinski just a funny guy really uh you know like chris evans even like or i don't know like all of these people are just like another like i can do quips i've got the comedic chops but i also can do the action when you need me to and it just doesn't like who would you cast i don't even know like See, then <laughs> then then maybe in, in terms of casting then maybe we have to go a little older maybe yeah. you know this lee guy is not you know the late 30s early 40s you know young ryan reynolds Maybe he's like an older, you know, say 50s, um, you know, maybe even late 50s, early 60s, like seasoned actor who maybe has like yeah. some background in doing, you know, action that has like this sense of a little bit of gravitas <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. and you know, stoic power that I, I do agree that I feel like a lot of the, the major action stars of today don't really have... Can um, we think of any? I, I'd people? buy a Brad Pitt or a George Clooney. Brad yeah. Pitt is an excellent choice. Yeah, I was actually just yeah. thinking to myself that, um, like, while watching this, that this movie wanted to be Ocean's Eleven so bad. Man, didn't mm. it? Like, yeah. it wanted to be that, that, like, balance between about yeah. the casino. Yeah. Well, I didn't even, uh, dude. Full disclosure, I didn't even make it that far. <laughs> this <laughs> movie for our listeners, I gave up. I had like about half hour left. I couldn't yeah. do it anymore, and I, I read the rest of the synopsis because I just, I couldn't take it, and I was like, yeah. I felt like I was losing my mind. Like, <laughs> I was in some <laughs> sort of, like, weird dream, this fever uh, dream I was having. I couldn't take it. But I'm going to take your word for it, Rob, that that happens, and and it, like, wants to be this, like, <laughs> like cool balance between action and comedy, except uh, the writing is terrible, and the filmmaking has no sense of style whatsoever. The writing's so bad. Yeah, you know, what's, oh my <laughs> what God. I love is well like it's it's based like uh, last season we covered a couple of films that were like an auteurs who like started in the in the like late 90s or even early 90s for tarantino um and uh and and and, uh they these were like their films like sort of a couple of decades into their career where they were like this is my love letter to cinema so the the key ones were once upon a time in Hollywood and then the gentleman for um, Guy Ritchie. And uh, both of them had these sort of like very overt and quite clunky, like 
uh, moments where they were like, this is how much I love films. So like Tarantino, <laughs> the one I think of is, uh, is um, Margot Robbie just going to watch her, herself on screen. Yeah. Um, well, it's not herself, is it? And then, um, and then Guy yeah, and like, he literally has a, not her. <laughs> yeah. And then Guy Ritchie has a moment where at the beginning, right. Where, um, Hugh Grant is like talking about like putting something, pressing something onto like 35 millimeter, you know, not pressing, but like exposing onto 35 millimeter film and like that, the, the sound of the reel and stuff. And then Michael Bay's version of that is remember that sound that played in like naughty cinemas when things were starting up and it goes, and he well, just it's plays back. That real loud. <laughs> and also having a character go, the eagle has landed. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I love that movie. I line. love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie line. line. <laughs> you know, that thing that you say when you as, reference a movie that you like. Yes, yeah, we. I, I love that movie. Well, line. Yeah, I love that movie, which is just the the faked moon landing directed by Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Was fabricated. So yeah, the is eagle has landed is, is yeah. my favorite film quote. Is the eagle has landed? Is that not? There is a war film called The Eagle Has Landed, right? With yeah, Michael but I think Kane? it was it was yeah. Um, I'd actually I don't know which came first. Now now I'm like no, uh, like who said was it like who was it first? Was it the uh, that Apollo? Was it the moon landing or was it was it? Did he get it from the movie? The Eagle Has Landed was released in 1976. Oh, so okay, that's so the, so. Okay, so that came after the moon landing. Yes. yes. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay, let, let me do research. let me do some quick maths. <laughs> um, With help from my okay. pal Big Shack, uh, who's a surprise guest on the podcast. I'm I'm, I'm gonna move us along into that, trying yes, to please. find a solution. So I definitely agree that one we want to be this more sort of like silent, stoic type, maybe like a Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, for sure. Or even, I mean, even a Matt Damon, I guess. Yeah. Because you've got his sort of like, like the Bourne films. He is right. a bit more of a kind of like, he doesn't quip in the same way. And, you know, <laughs> but he can do the action. I think that's true. I think that, that those are good choices. I think, and in some ways, you, you're right, Harrison, in that like this feels like it, it wants to be Ocean's Eleven, but it doesn't seem to borrow any of the good tropes from, nope, <laughs> from heist films. Not a one. It scatters throughout the origin stories of some of the team members, but for some reason, mm-hmm. not the doctor, like just decide, Oh, just, yeah, nah, we that don't need to just like, nah, we don't care. Um, it's a lazy, I guess why do we care? I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I like that we have this sort of like, like straight into the action, like, and it's a mission going wrong type thing right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I would that is like the it to... highlight of the film. Yeah, absolutely. Watch Dave the first Franco. twenty yeah. minutes and then don't watch anymore. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I I teased on the pod last week that we I, we started watching this as a family, and there was a moment where my mum said, "We're not watching this anymore." And the moment <laughs> is the moment that <laughs> Dave Franco drives headlong into a forklift truck. <laughs> just dies and like my mom had suffered through all of the like sort of grim and gruesome moments and then that happens she's like nah we are nah, we're not, not watching this we leave Dave out. alone I'm not having this. <laughs> yeah I, I, I would like to start I, I would first of all not want it to be 20 minutes I also don't mm-hmm. want it to be like there's a bit like about four minutes into that action sequence where it then just says 17 minutes earlier. And it's just like a 30 second scene where Ryan Reynolds is trying to talk to this mafia guy 
just entirely they're both entirely speaking in cliche and then it just cuts straight back into the action and you just think why why did (laughs) that we never get an explanation as to why like whatever we're watching is happening or even what is happening in front of us like it just seems to be a car chase yeah and no one knows like we don't know why they're like why anyone's chasing whoever or like, what is they're trying to accomplish? Like, we have, n- and we never really learn. I, I, I kind of, yeah, and that's it, right? I, I think the reason they were seeing that mafia guy is he was giving them the names and locations of the four generals. But that's like in one throwaway line whilst they're well, driving. Well, they needed his eye. Yeah, because on the phone had all of yeah. the information about the generals. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, anyway, but is I don't. It, I kinda, it's, it's the remarkable thing about the, all like it's the same with all the Transformers movies is yeah. that they're somehow incredibly complicated and difficult to follow whilst <laughs> yeah. also being yeah. like the plot so of this stupid. movie. <laughs> they go to Florence they, to get a guy's eye to get a list of names. Yeah. Then they disgusting. kill the people with the oh. names. Then they, oh yeah, vile. Brutal. Uh, then they break into the penthouse to break out the guy and then they go and kill the dictator. Yeah. That's yeah. everything. And that takes it's just two that hours sequence and ten of events. And it's, <laughs> but it's, it, you have to fucking grip on just to not fall off because it's, yeah just oh Oh, man and also one thing i would also like to point out very briefly (laughs) we can cut this later if it's too long but (laughs) like he like one recruits all of these different people because like you know similarly to that concept in oceans 11 like each person in the team has their own specialty and yet throughout the entire movie we just see everybody doing everything like why is we the hitman if everybody is shooting people he's a hitman (laughs) everyone is the hitman the the thing i do love is that um they have the the skywalker who is a man that can do parkour (laughs) Parkour. which is like the least useful thing but weirdly he is like quite useful well no he he should be quite useful in the way that lots of these action sequences are set up like you know climbing along the crane and all this stuff Mm -hmm. but he just climbs along the crane drops down onto that roof but they've already shot their way up the building and then he just (laughs) nearly gets killed by some people and that's because he's little my favorite bit though is is his introduction in uh in that opening (laughs) action sequence and it's just like where are you you're like where are you and he's just like and then and then Ryan Reynolds is like, okay, we can really use you right now. And he's like, I'm my way down, come on, no worries. I'm coming down. And then he runs down and then somehow finds like a, a load of bricks to like throw into the van of bad guys. He's like, Oh my god, I did! I just run across these rooms. Oh, what is he doing up he's there? He's just clue. Because unintelligibly he's like the screaming driver the whole in that time. Sequence. And he's meant like, to be like a navigator, right? To help them. He's like he's like directing them in the best way to do what they want to do. And then he goes, "Hey, where are you going? Oh, there's too many beers in Italy. Why are so many beers? What a load of nonsense!" <laughs> Um, I, th- I think this uh, the other the, 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 the second thing that occurs to me is like a yeah. big thing that could be fixed yes is that it has the bay problem where everybody is an asshole and everybody hates everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we've got it's- this team of people and two of them have sex with each other <laughs> but still hate each other point, but still hate each other because yeah. don't get it, it twisted <laughs> yeah, yeah like, fellas is it gay for a man to have sex with a woman <laughs> yeah it's 
they're, they're all so detached from like not only is like a, a plot point is that they've all like abandoned all like they, they're exhibiting psychopathy by being like yeah i'll just i clearly don't have anything else in my life so i'll just yeah just can all my friends and family and go and be a murderer yeah um, you'd have to be a all, psychopath to do to want to, to be willing to do that no one yeah. else would yeah. be willing to do that and that's true of a lot of action hero characters but you can get around it if you like just have some interactions between them that aren't just like fuck you yeah fuck you, yeah because yeah. that's all that they say to each other yeah. it's so please boring. sir may yeah, i have yeah. a crumb of empathy <laughs> yeah just just well, an ounce this is please, an, i'm starving i want to okay i think i do think we can launch straight into an action sequence that maybe we don't know immediately what's going on but we know sure. it's going wrong but then mm. as the action sequence unfolds we understand why they were there what they were trying to do um, mm-hmm. and that the whole thing has gone pear-shaped, that it's just a, a complete mess. Um, and then we come out of that with six dying, right? Um, but then... <laughs> I like right, how in that's our fine. revision, Dave Franco still dies. He still dies. He's oh, still, we're keeping that. Um, but I think what might be interesting actually is rather than to just like scatter for no reason these origins of each of these characters just across the film... I would kind of be interested to see, maybe if we're not holding off the the revelation of who one is, to see one find all of these people in absolutely desperate positions and mm. persuade them to give up their lives and join him. Because that's interesting. That idea sure. that like... I think what would be... I think one shouldn't be the protagonist. Um, yeah. Because it's like I think Charlie four being the should hero be of the, Charlie's Angels. I think four should be... Yeah, it's four. <laughs> Right, come now, hold on. You want me to join a crack team of oh, a specialist? Oh. I just run on buildings and things. Oh, oh sorry, you Rob, saw said. Oh, yeah. What's this? Oi. Who's this fella? You've tied me to a chair. What? <laughs> and yeah, he just and says to... everything that's happening as it happens <laughs> yeah. to him. Sorry, Rob. No, yeah, anyway. one shouldn't be the protagonist. I yeah, agree. agreed. I would... I think one a missed opportunity. So Dave Franco dies. They need a seven <laughs> yes. um, as a replacement. Um, but they they're on a schedule, and Dave Franco was the best that they had. I, I mean, I think the person that they get next should be another driver. Yeah, it that really doesn't make any sense <laughs> that their driver dies, and then they're like, we need another one. But well, that doesn't do this anything time. that he does. Yeah. yeah, just to just to make up the numbers. Okay, so he goes to find another driver. Yeah. Um, but he can't convince the other, the other driver to join. And so he uses his massive wealth and influence to like force him in, like fake his death for him. Oh, that's um, so good. So he like, with, there's this one team member who doesn't want to, who mm. didn't agree to it, who's been spirited away. Um, and then lo and behold, character conflict, instead of this fucking ridiculous attempt that they make by having ryan reynolds character inexplicably be like we have to leave whoever falls behind gets left behind and then every other member of the team is like no no uh, why would uh, we do that and so they managed to not. resolve that at the end by ryan reynolds being like nah uh, parkour boys more important than the mission but he's also just not like there's right. no, he isn't like, he goes behind. and gets him instead of stopping the detector and then they also just go and do that like Once again in that mission as well, it's like, oh, you you scuba dive up to the anchor and climb onto the boat 
and we'll just drive up to the boat. <laughs> yeah, and start shooting. Easy. <laughs> this poor no man problem. sneaks into every place and yeah, his doesn't do anything. <laughs> oh no, oh. I thought I was on a covert mission. <laughs> I would, but I would, okay, I would, I, I like this idea for the replacement for six, and I will also like to add that the, the replacement for six, or seven, is still Dave Franco, but he just has, like, a mustache. Yes. <laughs> like Dave Franco's like, mustache. Or, yeah. it's, or they get, um... Or they get James. <laughs> I was trying to think of who Dave Franco's brother was, and the first wow. my head was Philip DeFranco. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it if Seven was Philip DeFranco. Famously, <laughs> famously, his brother Philip DeFranco. That would be funny if it was James Franco, or even Philip DeFranco. If it was James Franco, and they're like, "Your brother's, your brother wasn't dead, but he is now dead." <laughs> And now you, ha- and now you now. need to be dead as well. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, I like that as as yeah. is using character conflict. I I kind of yeah, I guess yeah. After six dies, I don't know. I would like to see what desperate position each of them was were in to the to agree to this. And yes. I think there's a way of doing that in an interesting sequence. Oh well, like similar to like an ocean's recruitment sequence like right. uh, uh, but but like it's kind of like that but like just slightly twisted because it's like you get nothing mm-hmm. out of this but you're so desperate that i'm gonna make you do it and and find a reason for all of them like maybe the maybe the cia spook who i mean she's like she's french so why don't you yeah, just make french. her why is she cia so why does it have to just be CIA? just call sense. her the spook as well like you don't even have to i don't know anyway but like maybe make it that like I don't know, either she messed up a mission real bad or like she tried, she attempted to be a double agent in some circumstance and it went wrong or something like that. She's in like a really mm-hmm. desperate position and he helps her out of it by just saying she's dead. Uh, you could do the same with, I mean, with all of these, like there, there could be a reason why they need to leave their old life behind that yeah. is interesting man and, and that we want to know about. And, you know, yeah. there is like wanted for murder for hire or whatever. Like a situations in which all of these people like would probably be hunted down and murdered anyway yeah, if, yeah. if they don't fake their death and that yeah. makes it feel like it makes more sense because they have a reason to do this yeah yeah, yeah definitely but you one of them could be from the country that they're trying to affect regime change in oh like, yeah it's actually quite a good motivation to have if they're not all just randos like, yeah. yes yeah no bunch of white randos except for the the one black guy good thing yeah. that they got him in there because otherwise we'd have a problem. exactly so oh, we're so glad six died so that we could make a more diverse cast for the rest of the film <laughs> like so a six to one ratio of white people to people of color <laughs> would it be interesting if the doctor was from that dictatorship and had been forced out during a, a moment of like uh, anti-intellectualism sort mm. of cult of personality moment. Um, yeah, and you could actually like depict actual dictatorship as something yeah. other than just yes. senselessly dropping bombs. Uh, on, like it's just like, a thought, I don't know, like maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Call me crazy, but and and that could be interesting. And but you could even have it where the doctor isn't also like this gun wielding maniac, but <laughs> like maybe she's this doctor that escaped uh, this dictatorship, wants her country to be reclaimed, but she doesn't want to 
commit any violence doing it. She's there to help the others and make sure they don't die. Right. Um, but like, doesn't want any part in actually killing people. And that could be an interesting, again, introducing conflicting dynamics mm-hmm. into the group without just having them all yell at each other for no reason. Yeah. Mm. So they can still get on as people, but they can also have them wanting different outcomes out of each situation. And also, mm-hmm. I think what you're getting at as well, Caleb, is giving them different, and what we've mentioned before, is giving them different skill sets. I think if yeah. the doctor wasn't a fighter, if the parkour guy was just parkour and didn't also get <laughs> embroiled in every fight. I think also if the Ryan actually Reynolds, had something to do as well. Just yeah. If the Ryan Reynolds character was like not really proficient at stuff because he's yeah. just really, really rich. He's just a but billionaire like, who knows insists how to on being there all the he time. But is it, yeah. yeah. So he's like in the field but is mm-hmm. kind of at risk more. Then yeah. One of the joys of having a team movie is that firstly they're a really good opportunity to build suspense because people can die and by killing yeah. one of the members of the team you, there should be that suspense but there's none of it because they're all so hyper proficient at everything yes, mm-hmm. they're all superheroes like, basically yeah yeah i i completely agree uh, yeah i wonder if we even go like even slightly older than like brad pitt on that casting or someone who doesn't look as uh, immediately physically proficient as brad pitt um yeah. on that casting um maybe, like, I don't maybe know. we go even older like Paul a harvey Keitel. Like just a guy that like yeah. looks really tough, but maybe yeah, isn't necessarily yeah. like young enough to be or, or limber enough to be like doing all of these stunts and things. Like he's there to yeah. observe and orchestrate, well, I, but he's not necessarily yeah. there to like blow people's heads up. Absolutely. But like you also yeah. don't want to mess around with him. Like I would not mm. want to mess around with Harvey Keitel, and he has history doing action as well. Like Bad Lieutenant. Come on. I was gonna say like it is that thing of maybe taking someone who has that history in action. I was thinking even like a, uh, like a like a Kevin Costner or something who yeah. has taken on some more interesting roles in the last few years or even like a, I mean my mind is fried from watching the oceans movies recently but like an andy garcia potentially like okay oh, yeah. yes he yes. could be good um <laughs> and if you could if you could get him like uh like a little bit more in shape again maybe that it could work well oh caleb i know i know i should wow. <laughs> coming for andy unrealistic like body standards for andy well, garcia it is Crazy, like seeing him in like the the like the new Mamma Mia, and then mm. like and then I recently watched uh, the Untouchables, and you see him like way back when he's just like a kid, and yeah. it's like oh wow, like <laughs> this guy, baby was... Andrew Garcia. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, I think yeah, maybe even going a little bit older with one, and exactly making sure. him like slightly um. Yeah, slightly a liability in the field, but yeah, wants to he's be like, there. It's my operation, so I have to be here. Right. And all yeah. Like, Ugh. And maybe yeah. even we find a reason for him, either him to sit out on the final act or to have someone sit out for the final act and he has to take on their role, but he just doesn't have the proficiency to do it. Something like mm. that. Mm. Um an injury, perhaps. It would, it would be really funny if the parkour guy had to sit yeah. out and then. Um, oh, sorry, I sprained my ankle. A bunch of parkour. Oh, so- sorry, Kevin mate. Like leaping I over sprained my ankle. Like, oh no, what are we gonna do? I think I think we've done we've gone a, a long way to solving some of that group dynamic and 
you're having this like basically everything after that opening sequence before like the final act is just incredibly boring as well every conversation mm-hmm. they have is so dull the only interesting wrote. thing is the the breaking them out of the penthouse sequence is like mildly interesting because you've got the that like the like um pools that hang over the i i find that an interesting idea like these swinging pools on like the top of a building and how you can use that in your action and as part of your plan to distract I liked it when them. the urchin jumped from pipe to pipe as well. The urchin. Is good. The, urchin. the parkour urchin. No, I know the parkour urchin. That would be so funny. If, it, it, instead of it coming up saying for Skywalker, just say for the urchin. <laughs> I want to tell dome. Oh wait, you found me. I was just a lowly pickpocket in London. <laughs> now look at me. I'm jumping off of domes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did like that bit. Like using actual parkour. Sure, yeah. Like parkour's been done like it was done in Casino Royale and then it was done badly in lots of other films. Um but for this film I know for a fact that they brought in um uh, like a group who do parkour on YouTube called, I believe they're called Storin, but I can't remember. Um, but they're like a bunch of like British guys who go out and do parkour in all sorts of places. And they brought them on as like, um, you know, advisors. And in that scene, that is like the, the Skywalker's like backstory. The the group of guys that are doing parkour with him are those guys. And mm. I quite like right. that. I think you, like you use actual parkour people and they can show yeah. you some interesting yeah. parkour. Like I, I don't remember what point I was making. Um, <laughs> parkour's cool. Yeah, you parkour got is cool. With the parkour don't just thing. default to doing <laughs> yeah. guns. I think. Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, find a creative way for like you know things to to happen. Like maybe even like rather than just using a zipline to get the guy out, the parkour dude has to like do some crazy parkour with the person they're trying to get out of the penthouse or something like that and has to bring him along with him and also maybe I don't know, beat up some guys with parkour. I don't know. I'm losing steam every time I speak. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, this is such an exhausting film. So I I, I don't blame you. But I I do kind of like, I do like this reworking of of the central team and I think a, a, a... a lot of the core problems with this film would be resolved with changing the character dynamic. Um, because now, now you have like different motivations and, yeah. and actions that each character would be capable of taking. Um, and I think really the only thing left is like the, the, you know, the climactic mission that, that they're yeah. going on. And I even wonder like, cause I, we were discussing before how we, we really were uncomfortable with this idea of, like a group of individuals destabilizing an entire country. Um, yeah. And also, like, I, like, why, why is it that they don't just kill Rovak and they, like, they, like, for, of all of the people's heads they exploded, they decide yeah. to just drop him off <laughs> at a refugee camp instead of and just I, killing him? Yeah. And um, I think what it's attempting to do is, like, 
to what it's attempting to do is give some of that agency back to the people of Turkestan because the point mm. is it's like they commit the coup in the end. They're the ones who overthrow. They're the ones who kill the dictator. But yeah. it yeah. just mm. doesn't work because nothing before that has told us that's what they're doing. Right. Yeah, I think that needs to be clearer. I would like yeah. if, if that's going to be the core of it and you and you want to make it clear that the the decision to overthrow this corrupt government is within the hands of the people who are suffering and who are being subjugated, then, like, add some more hints for that throughout the film. (laughs) It is, because it's laughable as it is, because they get this guy, the brother, to go on TV, and he gets, I think, three lines. Like, he gets caught (laughs) off guard. He's like, oh, I'm live. Uh, Brothers, time for revolution. And literally the entire country just erupts into revolution. Yeah. Like it's it's just like, most, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, I, I mean, obviously I that before. working in the realms of, of realism here, but yes. like you, if you, it's, it, it, it's incredibly offensive to yeah. just boil down. Like you can't have, if you want to like set your movie in a, to, to talk about these issues, to use these issues as like a stage to like play out an action scene on to talk about like dictatorship and and democracy Mm -hmm. you can't then suggest that what that revolutions are formed by one guy going on tv and just telling people to revolt the thing it made me think of and this is by no means a a good representation of uh removing dictatorships but it made me think of the just cause games um, yeah, but in those games, you slowly uh, begin to break down the the power that the dictator holds over the people until there's a point, like a tipping point, where the people then realize that they can revolt. Um, and in Just Cause Three, especially, the, there's like a, this radio presenter uh, voiced by David Tennant, and each time you destroy like a military base or like an industrial area or something like that, he like has to come up with some other excuse mm. from the dictatorship as to why it was destroyed. And I, I did kind of think maybe uh, what could be interesting just before we get to the climax is that um, what like the second big thing that after this failed mission wherever we just said it, maybe Florence, we do something like that again. There's, they do another thing uh, like killing the generals and what they thought might destabilize that, um, mm. that power actually ends up making the dictatorship even more brutal. And they learn right. then that this isn't, this can't happen from them. This can't be top down. This has to be bottom up. And yeah. that's, and then the, the climax could be a way of, uh, could be them. Maybe even it's set, over slightly longer for the the sort of back back half of the film where it's like them trying to bring about a revolution that that uh lends agency to the people of Turkestan for the rest of the film i'm not sure exactly how we do that but i I would like to see that 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 mistake of okay we just kill these key leaders and then it's all over but that doesn't work and then realizing that doesn't work and then having to to rethink the way that they the way that they finally uh, remove the dictatorship and bring about a coup. I don't know. It still doesn't feel perfect. There, there is just something broken in the premise of this film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just fundamentally, because what they're trying to do, they're doing a spy film, essentially, but there's yeah. or slash a superhero film. But there's a reason that films like that tend to have a villain who wants to, like, destroy the world or blow something up. Yeah. Um, because, like it's a case of restoring the status quo. And that obviously like ties into the politics of those kinds of films. Like James Bond 
doesn't get sent in to destabilize to to like effect regime change because yeah. it's much easier if you just want to have the story about one guy getting into fights and car chases to have him just be protecting the status quo instead of trying to like bring about positive change because mm-hmm. the process of bringing about positive change isn't like exciting to watch yeah yes so <laughs> it is just fundamentally like the core of this film which is like a group of non-state actors like mm-hmm. just resolving to well maybe maybe we need a short a short montage with our doctor character that's from Turkestan mm. in which we see things as they were prior to this regime so there is a sense of restoration in in the right. whole thing uh restoring this country to the freedom it once had by removing mm. this dictator um yeah. that could be interesting and mm-hmm. a way of just making clear. So maybe even rather, because one's no longer the protagonist, rather than having one's origin, and maybe we never see one's origin necessarily, rather than having one's yeah. origin be, um, oh, I saw like a bunch of people get <laughs> gassed at this refugee camp, which is just like this, such a weird scene. Like that whole sequence is so uncomfortable for me. And I, that it's so strange because I was like, are they trying to do is he doing the Bruce Wayne thing where he pretends to be a vacuous asshole to everyone to cover up right. for what he really is like? Or, or are is we, he just that? was he actually just that? <laughs> before? Just and, that? And, th- yeah. and you don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so unclear, but if we just remove that, if we just remove that entirely yeah. and you, and you have instead that the, the thing that's shown to be the origin of why, why Turkestan, why this dictatorship or whatever is, is a montage that shows the rise of this dictator and the mm-hmm. impact it had on the country and, and the people of the country. And so we get this sense of, okay, things need to be restored to how they were before when this, when this right. was a free country. And you could also, if you could develop the idea that um, someone from the U.S., that the US were responsible for installing this dictator and you could have Michael Bay loves these characters you could have a slimy government guy who <laughs> yeah. loves that. they speak to and they're like we the we have a flashback to the billionaire trying to get the government to act and they're like we don't want to do that he's good for us it's it's mm. we have a good relationship with this guy and then at the end when they overthrow him the guy we see the guy again and he's like oh we're so pleased that democracy has returned to to Kyrgyzstan mm. we can't wait to work closely with the new government and then that's great yeah they get a moment mm-hmm. of getting to be like we're doing it on our terms now boyo um boyo. i mean it would be reductive and <laughs> and stupid still but it it wouldn't be as It'd fascist be better, you know? yeah. <laughs> well and and i and i think it could be that thing of um or of of this this team like again the <sighs> There's no point in the film where I go, oh, this is why they all had to fake their own death. Because at every moment, they're trying to hide from everyone anyway. So mm. it wouldn't matter if they were alive or dead. But but maybe it is that thing of um, when when the revolution happens, they pass on that, that uh, celebration of democracy returning to this country to this slimy government official. And we see them rather than we see like his, we see them responding to that speech and being like what a you know one of them is like oh what a like loser i hate that guy <laughs> <laughs> and, and then one is like look you know we're not in this for the credit we know that it's not about that right. we're in this because this brings about positive change 
um, mm. and says it in those exact clunky words. Yeah, and says that exact <laughs> phrase. That's pretty much on a par with the way that people talk. <laughs> yeah. It's really. true. It's true. So yeah, I mean, and, and that that then reinforces that thing of no, these guys have to be ghosts. They don't they don't take credit for these things. They're not written into the history books. But what they do is they yeah bring about a better world through killing lots of people can we make it that they don't want to kill people and they want to avoid killing people to I an extent that can be a good quality for a character to have to have like some remorse at the prospect of taking human life yeah, yeah that feels like pretty much a baseline for for me at least with protagonists but i think but that's the thing that they have this like this motif of ghosts and they're saying that they're ghosts all the time and yet they make the biggest scenes everywhere they go. What yeah, if yeah. what if their style was to actually be ghosts and yes, trying to yes. do things in as stealthily a way as possible? In the sense that like um there's like a there's like a line from this like galaxy god figure in Futurama who's like, you know, if you're really being a god right, then you know, people won't be sure that you've done anything at all. And that's like what <laughs> I think these ghosts should like that that's their, that what if that's their philosophy? Like we're yes. ghosts because people don't see us and they don't know that we're there. It's not like everywhere yeah. they go, like something gets destroyed because eventually somebody will be tipped off that like, why is it? <laughs> yeah. All of these disasters have all like started happening all of a sudden. The point is to like <laughs> like tip the scales in such a way, not that I think this should be anybody's real foreign policy, but at least in the world of the film, like they're tipping yeah. the scales in such a way that it's like they want to be as gentle as possible so they have to do as little as they need to make the change happen. Yeah. Rather than like everybody doing what they say. Action scenes are more fun if you start trying to be stealthy because then, then it goes there's wrong. suspense and then something goes wrong and yeah. then you have to shoot your way out. Like, yeah, it's it's such a weird choice to have this like covert <laughs> international espionage outfit oh, yeah. and none of the action sequences start with them like... And, and once again, it's like they get the covert um, parkour man to run up there and then they just shoot everyone <laughs> yeah. anyway. They get the doctor to like roll... like. Like the Joker, like their plan is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Joker levels of yeah, okay, yeah. I'll go in and throw laughing gas everywhere, right. and then we'll just shoot our way to the top of the building. Yes, yeah. And Absolutely. even though we're dead, we'll show our faces a hundred times, so literally any security camera <laughs> yeah. within a Whoa. minute could figure out who we were. I was just thinking about maybe there's even a way of building in to one's origin story, which maybe we don't ever get fully revealed, but maybe uh, at the fall of some dictatorship when they were a much younger person, uh, you know, like 30 years ago or something around like maybe the fall of the Soviet Union and that sort of time. There are like, the reason one fakes their death is that there are images that come out of him like at that, that mm. moment where a dictatorship is falling and he's like, right. oh man, people are going to realize that I've been doing more than just being a billionaire from magnets. Right. Um, and and so he fakes his own death and says, okay, we have to do this more covert. No one can mm. know that we're part of this. Mm. And maybe even you do like a, like, like a, um, is it at the end of Man From Uncle where they do like a kind of, the credits is kind of like a montage of like stuff about the the man from uncle team and maybe you even do the ending of this is like a a, a montage of like uh, little snippets of like where they can be seen in the revolution but it's like right. you know like a, a picture of like a crowd like 
causing chaos in the capital and then you zoom right in on the corner and it's one of the team are there mm. egging right, them on or right. something like that and and making it this kind of oh, <laughs> egging them on egging them on <laughs> go on guys it's like Skywalker on. go on guys go, go on, on. <laughs> let him have it on, you can do it <laughs> You bring about a, a beautiful uh, utopia in your home nation. Go on. Yeah. We are many and they so are few. <laughs> Solidarity forever. Solidarity. That's so good. So, yeah, giving giving them a reason to be ghosts could be good. Um, yeah, and so this climax, I think that it could be where we've seen the team operating together, it could be that they all have their, their little bits that they have to do on their own across the country or different mm. across the capital or something to make it all f- come together. Um, and I think that could be, and, and again, this film like almost tries to do that, but then it all puts them on a stupid magnet boat at the end. <laughs> um, magnet boat, magnet boat. <laughs> Bring on the magnet boat. Give the people what they want, and the people want magnet boats. <laughs> the people want magnet, want magnet boats. They're deba- demanding um, it. <laughs> so, well. yeah, I don't know. I think we basically did it, right? I One think more that's change. enough. Yes, do it. It's One more change. Shitey villain death. I thought I could at mm. least rely on this film. I, I love uh, a movie that has a very over-exaggerated villain death. I rewatched mm. Goldeneye over Christmas. It was not nearly as good as I remember it being. But <laughs> yeah. the one thing that did deliver is that film ends, spoiler alert, with Sean Bean uh, getting punched repeatedly. Scene beam? several hundred feet onto concrete, surviving the fall, and then being crushed by tons of jagged metal. Yes. Um, and it like zooms in on his Go screaming off, face as he dies. It's good stuff. <laughs> Um, yes, King. He that really Rambo did 3, that. The Rambo three ending, where like the villain gets like shot and then punched down a hole. Um, <laughs> Rambo like pulls the pin out of a grenade and like ties a rope around his leg and like pu- punches him into a hole and he falls and the rope catches around his neck and breaks his neck Ew. and then the grenade goes off and he explodes. And nice. I thought at least <laughs> cool. I love that stuff. <laughs> Just needlessly excessive, but they yeah. kill this guy by just like dropping him in a crowd of people with wood, and they like hit <laughs> him with wood. Could well, not believe it. Yeah, I think, and I think after everything we've is... seen too, it like feels <laughs> right. Even with how Ordinary insane the people, tone of this like film servants is, on the boat. Yeah, like and then like this feels so tonally inconsistent. Even though the yeah, tone guess, already but... was insane, but. If if the point we're making is this bottom up rather than top down coup, um, is it? But but the only way they do that is like it, it is like a we do all the work for killing this guy, but then we give him to you at the end. And is it you get to physically kill him? But yeah, you don't get is to it, decide anything else? Yeah, is it more? Yeah, is it more interesting to have that villain death still perpetrated by regular people rather than anyone on the team? But they mm. they make it particularly grim. But also, could we have this like elaborate villain death? happen for our our um minor boss fight that happens earlier in the film um but then is the thing that then spirals out of control of the stuff that happens in the country so we get that satisfying mm-hmm. kill but that's doesn't work maybe if it were me yeah. i would nah. set up that the villain has like a special 
weapon he has like two weapons that he holds in each hand yes. and he has to like clamp them to his arms and then at the end he, he steps onto a desk and he's like you're not done you're gonna fight me i've got my special weapon and yeah. then magnet boat like pulls from both sides oh, and he gets so like good. pulled in half like or, or even if we can't have that at the end of a movie like this like what yeah. is even the point or even like really really stupid is each each bit of metal he's holding is attracted to the other side so he's like <laughs> pulled in half through himself. the other way <laughs> the other way yeah if you're I gonna give it. me like a ridiculously violent um a borderline snuff film like at least give me yeah. the good stuff <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, at least yeah, push yeah. the arm. It's the only person who I'm sure who might actually deserve to be. Yeah, like yeah. There's bits in this movie where, like, like Dave Frank. No, it's it's um it's parkour urchin shoots a grenade <laughs> into a car. And yes. Moments before one, this character is who's just a thug, just a henchman. But yeah. moments before he's killed in a violent explosion, we get to see the grenade like break his nose and knock yeah. his teeth out of his mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, like, this is... Okay. <laughs> like, why do we get that level of sadism yeah. for just this random Joe? Yeah, then, yeah. 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 <laughs> like this, you don't know this guy, but he definitely deserved it. Yeah. And like, and like the Hong Kong police who are, yeah. are just like decimated by some falling girders <laughs> yeah just for no reason <laughs> just doing not, their jobs just not necessarily crushed. attached to the bad guy at all um i don't know yeah absolutely let's let's do a grim villain death right we've anyway, run so long when we said yeah. we were gonna run it an hour so i we did it I think you're gonna have to be again. ruthless in we, the edit but we've done it again well done us we we saved Netflix originals. Saved cinema in general. <sighs> once again, once again, you should, this listen, film is, gonna... is genuinely terrifying. It's... Yeah, <laughs> if it's, this is uh, a yeah, truly this is, and this is the thing, right? Is Martin Scorsese said Marvel movies, but what he was really warning us of is this. Yeah. This is every movie forever now, and it's just the worst. It's just if you want a movie to make. Uh, any kind of a splash it'll make you know I was going to say to make a, a billion dollars at the box office but this obviously didn't go to cinemas but um, you just have to make it this just horrible like just unwatchable mess nihilistic and I, just hand probably people out there that just love this as well they're just like oh I loved I loved Actually, that yeah I, I had this very bizarre experience uh, um, like a, about a year ago it was back when you could safely gather in person with friends and family and i'll never i'll yeah i remembered this as i was watching this movie and it was at like i think it was either like i think it was a christmas family christmas gathering and i was talking to one of my family members and i you know i i like to ask my family have you seen any good movies lately and he tells me (laughs) that he saw six underground and recommended it to me (laughs) <laughs> I, I was like okay and then i like didn't think much of it and i obviously didn't watch it yeah, and then yeah. i was watching it now and i was like what i can't believe somebody in my own family would be watching <laughs> this movie considering how graphically violent it is and recommended yeah. it to another living <laughs> Harrison human would being. like this yeah and yeah and then on top of that also thought that <laughs> i would like it <laughs> You you like Tarantino. This has funny dialogue and yeah. and lots of violence. 
<laughs> yeah, perfect. Right up my alley. <laughs> um, so you know Rob, more. As you know, as you know, uh, last season we did a segment after we saved cinema each yeah. week, <laughs> where we decided would we would we direct this film ourselves, but. Uh, Every single time we just said yes because we're, we're desperate, desperate people yeah. <laughs> for work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this season, instead, uh, we're, we're trialing a little segment where we we say what what about this movie is is a Netflix original? What is it that that separates this from the stuff that makes it into cinemas and uh, and isn't just left in the to languish in the algorithm of netflix do, mm. do you have a, an answer for that do you think <laughs> it's okay we can cut nah. that and get it <laughs> no i'm, uh, I'm gonna make that silence need. longer <laughs> you're, you're gonna sigh in. like eight times <laughs> uh, um it is it's different I have to say, there's like, so, isn't there? There's something uns, like almost unquantifiable about this. Like I think why? It's, yeah, it's the lack of effort expended on justifying its protagonist that I yeah. think is really interesting. Like, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a film that takes the sympathy of its audience for its protagonists as for granted as this film yeah. does. Like, yeah. basically, the reasons that we have to empathize and root for these people is that they're they're good looking like that's like the beginning and the end they don't have like pleasant they're definitely not witty they don't have like interesting (laughs) compelling relationships with each other the the thing that they're trying to do is of clearly of moral question and they do like they all indulge in very sadistic and cruel acts like Mm -hmm. normally like you have like the patina of they have to save the world or they're, they're soldiers in a military. Like you can recognize that people in that situation have to make difficult decisions. Like even in Bay's films, like there's, I feel like there's normally more effort yes. spent on these are who these people are and this is why you should care. And this film just kind of does away with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's fun. And do you think, Netflix, well, do you think but, maybe part of that is that it doesn't feel like it needs to earn your your you know you know your like ten pounds or like fifteen dollars that you spent to go and see it. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it has to it owes you anything right. because you'll just stick it on and then when it's over you'll just forget about it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, yeah. Wow. What a horrible image of the future of cinema we've painted this week. Um <laughs> thanks for yeah, coming thank on. You for Rob. Ending on an uplifting <laughs> note maybe we'll scrap that segment after a few episodes we'll see <laughs> yeah well, well well yeah we'll see if we can get any hopeful answers out of that you well you did point to something different from what we pointed to last week when we were doing love mm-hmm. wedding repeat but i do think that what you said is almost equally applicable to love wedding repeat in that we're never actually given a proper reason to like our protagonist apart from the fact that it's played by sam claflin who is right. attractive and relatively charming stud muffin and it, it, I think it is an issue that we'll probably see again through the films that we're looking at in this season. So mm-hmm. yeah, good. Thank you. Well done, Rob. Um, Thank you. <laughs> good work. Uh, yeah. Fa- fa- thanks very much for coming on. We got there in the end. We got. We, yeah, we got. We, we got. Yeah. <laughs> we we sort of picked through the the Oof. mess of Michael yeah. Bay's uh, 
horrible twisted mind to find yeah i i mean i i really thought that nothing was gonna be more difficult to revise than man of steel and this one takes the cake not only was this (laughs) the most difficult to to revise that we've ever done and probably will be for quite some time it's also one of straight up one of the worst movies i've ever seen yeah. <laughs> just period I, we what, made the, what a we disaster made what an expensive disaster <laughs> yeah even the emoji movie was like fun to was fun to toy yeah. around with but this is just like yes, it's almost yeah. to me six underground is almost cynical in a way that like yeah we're gonna give you yeah. this disgusting uh, you know body horror this violence being done to human bodies and people who treat human life as expendable um Yes. You know, while promoting the military industrial comp- complex, and you're gonna watch it and like it, and we're just gonna make more yeah. of that for you. Like, eat out of yeah. this disgusting trough, you little pigs. Like, that's what <laughs> yeah. it feels like they're telling me when I'm watching this movie. That's how and I it is, feel. I feel horrible having seen any of it. Yeah. You really can't, like, you can fix movies that are bad because of structural problems or or any other there's a lot of ways that films can be improved upon but like if the film is like morally rotten it's just to rotten its to its core isn't it yeah it is yeah it i've is. never and oh, i and I, I tend to try to reserve like moral judgment of of films because i think right. like yes you know i i think you know you you got to be able to to take a lot of films with a grain of salt and not every movie yeah. needs to be like, uh, you know, a uh, protagonist learns a good lesson, but this is just like cynical on a level I have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, it is incredibly just morally bankrupt. Like just every, there is not an ounce <laughs> of like good values or scruples in here whatsoever. <laughs> is yeah. that just that thing? And it's not like, a depiction of a morality it's an endorsement no mm-hmm. well this is it right yeah. like you know you wolf of wall street like people come away like loving the protagonist but they're wrong too they've this, misunderstood the film yeah this we are asked to love yeah. a, a group of horrible horrible human beings uh, the bit and, where he's just punching the guy they rescue yeah. the guy and there's like a running joke where he's just yeah. like punching him in the face repeatedly. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm going to knock him out. Why? Why are <laughs> That's you horrible. Doing that? He's the good one. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well done, us. Um, anyway. Rob, is it... Yeah, pat on the back anywhere, for us. Is there so anywhere good. people can find you online if they want to hear more about what you have to say about movies and things? I'm on Letterboxd. Uh, my handle, my name is Rob Merriam. M-E-R-R-I-A-M. I think also you can find my account if you search for Fork Rug. F-O-R-K-R-U-G. That's my iconic handle. I'll have to yeah. ask about the etymology of that is another that, time. Is is that like how um, Childish Gambino got his his rap name from like an internet? Um, like yeah, the famous Wu-Tang, your Wu-Tang name clan generator. Yeah. name generator? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is that you did the same thing and it came up with Fork Rug Fork and you rug? stuck with it? I... When I was a teenager, I was I needed to make I think for my PlayStation Network account. 
And I have anybody who knows me well knows that I have several bits of large wooden cutlery (laughs) from a. a It's not weird. It's not weird, guys. It's not weird. And my big wooden fork was lying on my big green rug, and thus fork rug rug was born. What a fucking dog shit story! I'm so sorry. I'm wasting all your listeners' time. Yeah, Rob, you'll you you won't be welcome back until you can come up with some better anecdotes. That was unacceptable. So so you you can find Rob on Letterboxd. at Fort Grug or on the PlayStation Network, just hit him up. <laughs> He's around. <laughs> I do not own a PlayStation at this time, but uh, but, but the you're moment still on he the does, network, Fort yeah. Grug. Yeah. Oh yeah, he'll let you know. <laughs> um, and Harrison, where can people find you online? Um, you can also find me on Letterboxd at Harrison Gale, um, and you can also find me on Instagram at Harrison Who. And also on Twitter at Harrison Gale Who, and that's where you can find me. Where can people find you, Caleb? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Caleb Lebster. That's C A L E B L E B S T E R. Also, because I made my name when I was a child. Um, <laughs> yeah, you say that, uh, and, and yet you were able to get the same handle for all of your social media accounts. Well, so who's yeah. who's the real fool here? Uh, yeah exactly yeah i am the caleb lebster so um <laughs> no one else is competing for fort Krog handles i'll tell you that well okay well i'm surprised season. and you can find us as a as a show on twitter and instagram at do try this pod um and uh please give us a review as well in app because that helps um with people finding us and listening to us i don't know maybe you we don't would like, like you more should. than five oh, no. people <laughs> We we said um we said uh, give us a five star review and then say the meanest thing you can about the show and I'll read it out on on it next time. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what you put in the text part as long as yeah. the star review is nice. But you won't exactly. get it read so, out unless you give full five stars. None of this four exactly. and a half nonsense. So give us five stars and then just say something about how you hate the show and I'll, I'll read it. Out. Right. Um, or give us five stars anyway. and say something nice. Yeah, it's up you to want. you. As l- the important thing is that the rating is five stars. That's really what we. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing we care about. Um, next week we are. Pff, I can't remember. Oh, what are we doing? I'll get. I'll get it up. I'll get it up. We're trying yeah, to tease people. Edit this. Get them to come along for the next week. Yeah, as long as um, we've, we've got a schedule, then might as well. Okay. <laughs> accessing my google docs did you guys notice that bit where they go to um the energy plant and there's just a guy just typing like nonsense (laughs) (laughs) just like it looks like he's trying to fucking burrow into the keyboard um (laughs) next week we are delving into the world of comedy uh, to look at Wine Country, starring Amy Poehler, uh, Maya Rudolph, Tina Fey, Jason Schwartz, maybe? I'll tell you uh, what, Wine Country could be the name of this podcast. Hey! So join us next week as we, uh, yeah, to look at, look at some comedy, a few goofs, maybe. <laughs> maybe, if you're good. Um, anyway, th- <laughs> thanks for listening. Can I have some goofs? <laughs> Please, sir. May I have, Please, sir, some, can I have goofs? some more goofs? Just a more? Goof. <laughs> um, 
Boofs, glorious anyway, boofs. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, anyway, yeah, we, we're a little we on did, now. We did do Try This at Home. I'm Rob Merriam. We did do Try This at Home. <laughs> good. That was good. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't.